Hello and welcome to Bonobo Collective Talks. In these conversations, we attempt to learn from the works of our guests and try to make sense of them in a broader perspective of improving our learning abilities. Our guest today is Yuri Michal, the founder of the initiative Games for Peace. Games for Peace is a growing community of people who believe that online games represent a radical new way of bridging the gap between the young people in conflict zones. Yuri started this project with gaming sessions between Israeli and Palestinian kids in two different schools. In this episode, Yuri explains his process, challenges and achievements in starting Games for Peace. For more information, visit gamesforpeace.org. And now I bring you Yuri Michal. How did you get the idea? At what point did you get your idea in life? And any interesting story about sharing your idea with other people? So this happened about a year after I um, stepped off from from managing my software company, Incredible, and I was looking for uh, starting a project which will have a, as profound a social impact as possible. Uh, and growing up in Israel, uh, at the time I was... Uh, very much looking into the relations between Jews and Arabs in Israel and the Jewish-Palestinian uh, conflict and its history. And I knew I was going to uh, approach this somehow that would involve technology because I think technology is, is, is changing uh, the way we can approach these kinds of, 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 of issues and, and is also presenting new opportunities, uh, sometimes radical opportunities. Uh, I think technology has the potential for creating new ways of allowing empathy to grow between people, which is basically what Games for Peace is about. And I had two kids at the time, and I myself haven't met an Arab person until I was 18. Wow. And most uh, of uh, the children in Israel, Jews and Arabs, live in uh, some kind of, uh, uh, of segregation, some kind of, or other of segregation, because educational systems are separate uh, in Israel. And by the time most of them do meet a person from the other nationality, uh, they are already fed with negative stereotypes from uh, media and from friends and so on. Uh, and I didn't want that to happen to my children. I wanted them to have an opportunity which is positive and fun uh, to meet a person from the so-called other side. And that, that's basically how Games for Peace was formed. I saw them playing uh, video games. I saw them playing on their tablets and on their computers and I knew that that uh, at the same time Arab Israelis, Arab Israeli children are also doing the same. And I knew from my experience that I could meet people across the world virtually and form relationships. 
uh, on via computer games and uh, online tournaments and so on although I'm, I'm not such a great gamer you know but I but I but, but I, I I know how big this phenomena is with young people and the thought was really can this be leveraged to to create some kind of dialogue between Jews and Arabs or Jewish and Arab children and that's that's that that's how the seed of games for peace was uh, was born I, I really like the fact that I read on your website that the, the main idea in those camps or those projects is to um, to play to have fun and play the game not not to reconciliate and that is I think um, where it's so interesting because if you just get those kids together and get them to talk to each other it might not have the effect design effect that you want but when the, the main idea is to play the game it really uh, changes the dynamic of the whole situation so who was the first, so what was the next step you got the idea you have this idea in your head and you want to do something what did you do the first what was the first thing you did? so the problem was I knew practically nothing about gaming mm-hmm. <laughs> which was which was an issue if I wanted to do a project which revolves around gaming so um, actually the, the first thing I did was approach uh, a, a conference of a wonderful organization US based organization uh, called games for change which I never n- knew anything about I, 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 I found it online uh, and I actually visited uh, a conference that they held not knowing anything uh, about what I could get there. And uh, I think this was a real turning point for me because I, I met, met a bunch of people who are active in the, in the game space. And that's, I think, where I thought uh, a game like Minecraft, which is the game that we're using in our, in our school program, uh, could be an amazing platform for what we're trying to achieve because it's collaborative and uh, it's um, uh, not violent uh, and um, it's very, very flexible. Yeah, open-ended. Sandbox type of game, exactly. And so I, I went ahead and spoke with hundreds of people. I'm not exaggerating, just, 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 just to learn the space. And when I came back, uh, probably for a good three or four months, practically all I did was approach people in the fields, uh, in the relevant fields, which were, from, for Games for Peace's case, uh, the fields of education and entrepreneurship and, and game development, um, and uh, learn what I can about this space. And uh, for those who were uh, who seemed relevant, ask them to to join me. Uh, and a few amazingly talented people uh, got hooked on the idea and actually did join. And that's how the basis of to, of actually of what is still today's ma- today's management in their organization formed up. The core team is the same. Yes, yes, yes. So it was basically about. Approaching people, learning, and I had one question which I asked all of them at the end of each meeting, which was, "Who do you think I should meet next?" Which, which is a great question if you great want question. to build a network and just learn and and find opportunities. That's interesting. Okay, so you have the team now. Um, I'm I'm sure you don't. I'm not. You're not thinking of uh, funding right now at all because it, I would. Think it doesn't require a lot of funding for now. So the next step is to find uh, 
do, do you go to school? Do, what was the uh, idea of school scheme? Did you... So, so we did something really interesting before uh, we even thought about the concept of working with schools. Uh, because we had no funding at that, at that time, uh, but we knew we had we have a great concept, and we, we knew that the concept is uh, very much in the virtual space. We uh, did a small test pilot, which required very little funding at the time. Really, really it, it was self-funded, but it was really... Um, uh, a symbolic amount of money. And what we did was uh, put together a Minecraft server. And we advertised that we're going to host a Play for Peace weekend. Uh, and uh, we put down that ad, that ad in, in Hebrew and Arabic in Minecraft, Facebook, Minecraft fan uh, Facebook pages. Not only in Hebrew, but also... In, in countries all across the Middle East. And the narrative was, adults can't work it out, work it out, let's, have, let's try for one weekend just playing and, and having fun together and see where that brings us. So who, who could join this? Any Minecraft fan Anyone. Uh, fr from, the, fr from a Middle East uh, country, but, but actually anywhere from the world. You know, we didn't, we didn't stop anyone, but that was our focus. Mm -hmm. uh, and we really spent just a few hundreds of shekels on, on advertising. That, that was our budget, practically. Uh, and the invitation was to build a peace village, a village of coexistence, that would be a model for uh, just uh, how we can work together. Uh, and we had no idea how this would work. Mm -hmm. And uh, we set it for two weeks in advance. And when the day came, we all huddled uh, behind the screen, mm -hmm. just looking to see who would join. Mm -hmm. And within 20 minutes, there were almost 100 participants from, from Israel, from Palestine, from Egypt, Lebanon, uh, from uh, Turkey, from Saudi Arabia, from, from all across the region, and uh, the we were very emotional at that at that time because we saw uh, they, they had a great weekend playing together. It was very it wasn't very deep in terms of political discussion, but that's exactly as you said that's not what it was about. Uh, and what we showed was that the virtual space allows for new new kinds of interactions, new kinds of meeting, new kinds of encounters. And I think that's what we're about. So, um, just a few questions about the dynamic of the game. Were the people talking to each other on chat? Yeah, so, so, so we, we, we developed a plugin for, for you know, Minecraft is very open, yeah. so we, we uh, actually modified the game's chat system yeah. in a way that uh, showed a translation so what anyone wrote in the chat to your uh, native tongue. Yeah. So you could, you could write something in Hebrew and then uh, anyone speaking Arabic on the other side would see a like a Google translation, an online translation. Uh, and that worked. It, it was very funny. It wasn't very accurate. Uh, but it was still strong enough to get it to, to provide an experience, you know, an experience of what the other side is saying. So, um, did, did the people who would, who played this participated they meet later on? Well, that didn't happen now. Uh, well, we, we're talking about some countries which don't have any diplomatic relationship. So, so, oh, okay. so, 
for that, there was no way of, of a physical encounter. At the time, we did, uh, we did fantasize about uh, like meeting on some neutral ground. Uh, but really, when we moved on to, um, to implementing the, the school program, like, uh, which is the, the, the biggest program we're running, we're running at the moment, uh, one of the uh, reasons was that uh, that actually allowed uh, a physical interaction to take place, which I think is super important. Yeah. I think we're still at a stage where... Um, to, to properly create empathy and to have a, a, a meaningful encounter, um, I think the virtual uh, encounter, which we are uh, initially doing, is super important. But it's important as a springboard to face-to-face -face interaction because there's still no substitute for that. I'm not sure there never will be. I actually think at some point there will be a, uh, a virtual substitute, but we're not quite there yet. So now you have... Uh Done your first pilot test pilot. It gets it, it is successful. That's very interesting things happening. Now you have um, where does the school idea come from? Hmm. So we were looking at uh, ways which we could work with our um, with, with with our theory. I'll take this again. So we were looking at ways in which we could take our approach and make it practical, make it applicable in the actual world. Uh, at the time, uh, I remember we, we tried, but we couldn't get proper funding for a large-scale virtual event, mm -hmm. which uh, is an idea I haven't neglected yet, and uh, I think it, 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 it will happen uh, in the future. Uh, but uh, another space seemed really, really exciting for us, which was the education space. Because as I mentioned in Israel, uh, there are two, there, actually there are four separate education systems. Mm -hmm. Yes, uh, there, there are two more for religious, Jewish, and Jewish Orthodox systems. Oh, okay. So it's, it's quite interesting. But, but in terms of Jewish and Arab relationship, there are two separate um, education systems, each of them uh, speaking a different language, following a different set of uh, holidays, and so on. And... Uh, we knew that this, uh, at least for me, this was uh, a super important space to work in because there were, there, there's, there's a whole lot of ignorance and fear uh, and, uh, as I said, uh, separation going on between these two systems. And they're sharing the same uh, national and geographical space. So we started thinking about a program between two schools, between a Jewish and an Arab school, which would start uh, uh, giving the, the children from the two schools a, a fun, shared experience and would allow that experience to be a springboard to a face-to-face -face experience. We would allow the kids to meet, but, you know, there, there, there are quite a few face-to-face uh, -face Jewish-Arab uh, programs in, in Israel. And frankly, they can be, I'm not sure how excited the kids are for rolling up into these programs. I think, I think ours is probably the only program that kids come running to. I would assume that. Yeah, the, yeah. That's the crucial part. The, the main idea is to play the game. The f right, right. And, and when uh, they finally meet face to face, we, we do also serious talk in these, in these uh, face to face encounters. But the background is, 
that they've had fun together. They've, they've shared this unique experience that bonds them already. So they're in a whole different place to talk uh, serious talk. Yes, they care about the other people in a deeper sense and then the serious talk has a strong base of caring because of having fun. Sure, because the, the other guy or this other girl is not just a Jewish girl or, or an Arab guy. They're, uh, yeah, that's my teammate. We've slain zombies together. Yeah. <laughs> that puts you in a different place, you know? Cool. So, uh, did you approach a school now, or some, someone else approach a school? Y- yes, we did. So, so um, uh, me and 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 uh, Hans Shakur, which is uh, one one of the members of the board still today, and one of the first people I approached, uh, uh, which is a prominent uh, Arab uh, uh, entrepreneur in Israel in in the high tech uh, scene. Uh, we started touring schools to find a brave schoolmaster who would agree in participating in, in this kind of uh, avant-garde pilot. Surprisingly, it wasn't that hard. I think it was less than a dozen, probably, until we found... Uh, but it was... Yeah, we, 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 we went all across Israel and we found... Uh, uh, these two wonderful, wonderful schools. One was a, a Jewish democratic school in, in in the city of Kiryat Ono, and the other was a, um, a very impressive uh, uh, headmistress of a of school in uh, in Nazareth. Um, and Arabic school? yes, an, an Arabic school. Nazareth is is an uh, prominently Arab uh, city. And they were the most amazing partners. Uh, I have to say we were less than prepared mm-hmm. at the time. Mm-hmm. Technically, uh, we needed a lot of support from them. Uh, uh, when you begin at this stage, you need to work with partners who are champions of your idea. They need to believe in the idea because there will be many, many, many problems. And there were. And... Um, the program, a lot of technical problems, yeah. yes, a lot of technical problems. Uh, some we really couldn't foresee, uh, uh, starting from internet, uh, poor internet connections, blocked IP ports, um, logistical surprises, you know, the... the, the, the um, the, 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 the program requires the schools, school children to sit down at the same day, at the same hour, in the school's computer room mm-hmm. and uh, play play together, play in a Minecraft world. And just to get that working is surprisingly yeah. hard, you know? <laughs> it's not surprising at all. Like, you try that thing, you like, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's really hard. Absolutely. So, but but we had the most amazing supporters of our idea. Right. And the program went on and the kids had a very, very powerful experience. How many kids were there? What schools? Uh, I think it was close to 20 on each side, okay. on each of the schools. The nice pilot. And then uh, did you have this, uh, get them together after the... Oh, yes. Yeah, we, we got them together. Uh, they, they got together once at each of the schools. So there were two face-to-face encounters. And they went on a field trip together and, uh, and uh, met the school and they played games together. Uh, the face-to-face en- encounter was um, was a huge success, mm-hmm. I think, uh, and it also goes to show how 
uh, how still there is no replacement for face-to-face when it comes to building mm-hmm. a, a close relationship. Mm-hmm. But the experience they had on the virtual space was so powerful that they came uh, so warmed up for, for this kind of encounter and so ready for it that it was almost easy. What was the reaction of the headmasters and the board, of board schools? Were they, were they also surprised that uh, this would happen? Or? They, they, they were... Uh, extremely extremely happy with it I think they, they were they were believers in the idea for the first place so so they were very very involved and everyone was very emotional in the end and I think for me the biggest compliment was that after the program ended what we learned that the two schools kept in touch and actually held uh, joint school trips for the two classes so actually the relationship took a took a, a life of its own. So, uh, we're short of time, so I'll jump ahead to now the, now you, um, after a while you are doing it in multiple schools, how many uh, schools did you touch before you got the uh, first round of funding? So, I think we are doing something like uh, 16 or 18 schools a year. Uh, we had, we, we were working with volunteers at the time, and we did get some small funding uh, from um, uh, the small grant uh, program at the United States Embassy, which was very, very helpful. And uh, what really made the change for us that was that we won a very exciting award by the United Nations, uh, an award called the UNAOC, the United Nations Alliance of Civilizations uh, Intercultural Innovation Award, which is about innovation in the space of getting cultures together. Um, and it was, it was sort of a peak point of... The project was a, out of 1,600 or so projects? Or a lot of, I don't yeah, yeah around, uh, probably around a th- more than 1,000 applicants. applicants. Yes, yes. And there were, there were, there were seven or eight f- finalists uh, together with us, uh, with which we're keeping touch uh, to this date. But this brought exposure to, to our product, and finally, uh, the, the the current funding that uh, that we uh, we we are very thankful for, and that we are is helping us expand these days, uh, actually came um, uh, from the UOGAA, uh, a London-based uh, organization, uh, which is helping the um, uh, the project grow today. So today we are working with uh, close to uh, thirty or forty schools. Doing uh, this, these kind of things every once every month, or weekly. It's on a weekly basis. So the the program the program is uh, composed of eight or nine encounters, week, weekly encounters, and two face to face encounters. So it takes about three or four months, mm-hmm. and there are two or three rounds every every year okay. uh, between the schools, mm-hmm. and basically it, it builds up. From a very very basic interactions to full-fledged cooperation between uh, between the players. Of course, it's not uh, one school against the other, competing against the other. Right. The 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 concept uh, has to do with with the teams being mixed. So they have to overcome the language barrier. They have to work together. 
and uh, in order to to beat the other team, which is also mixed, you know. So so that's uh, so the the, Ara- the Arabic schools. Uh, the children in Arabic schools don't speak Hebrew, or and the Arabic. It depends on where in the country, but uh, uh, typically the, the the Jewish children speak very little or no Arabic. Uh, where and the Arabic children speak uh, probably a little better Hebrew, but still uh, very very basic. How do you manage the face-to-face interactions? Do you is it just the because their kids they can just manage with? Mm. So we have we have uh, two facilitators, one one in, one talking in Hebrew and the other in Arabic, and I think that's extremely important right. uh, because we. Uh, we have to maintain that uh, that uh, level of, of um, equality and uh, equilibrium between the two cultures. I think in order for the um, for the encounter to to work, basically. Did, were these interpreters present for the first time in schools, or did you get an idea later on that we should have? We we um, so. I, we knew from the start that we want to have two two facilitators, but I think uh, in terms of funds and logistics, that wasn't always possible. So there were times where I went to schools to do these uh, these uh, encounters, and I worked closely with one of the teachers from the Arab schools to work as my co-facilitator. Uh, so we so we we try to maintain that you know you work with what you have. Mm-hmm, yeah, that's that's the, that's the most interesting. I, I personally think uh, quality that you can have in this space at least I just work with what you have just start doing it and uh, things fall in pieces fall into the uh, into place um. absolutely I, th- I think that if if you have a good idea mm-hmm. and uh, and you know what kind of impact it can make then you should look at various spaces. You should you should think about the next step, the next two steps. Focus on that. Uh, aim to think big. You know uh, that that that, uh, that award that we that we received. It wouldn't have happened if we hadn't dared to apply in the first place. If if you think your idea is groundbreaking, there's a good chance other th- people will also find it groundbreaking. Do you have any other projects in mind uh, related to this? So I'm really excited about the opportunity in the esports space, okay. and we we have done very little so far in that. But uh, esports is growing and growing, and is becoming a huge deal. Mm-hmm. And just to throw a a wild idea around, but um, if we could get a Jewish Arab uh, esports team playing FIFA or playing uh, League of Legends together, playing one of the uh, of the top five uh, esports uh, fields, and get them proper coaches, and have them um, representing their schools and uh, participating as a mixed Jewish Arab uh, or Jewish Palestinian um, esports team competing in international competitions. Think how powerful that would be to present the story and to empower other young people. So we're looking at ways to make that feasible. Uh, for me, this idea is super exciting, but it also has to be rooted in 
practicality. It has to be practical. And I think it is. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, uh, there are uh, people who definitely play sports in Israel anyway. Uh, for sure. For sure. So, um, how would you guide someone who, who likes your idea and they think, okay, I, I can apply this in, uh, I can start doing something like this in my community where Hindus and Muslims in India are uh, separated, uh, go to separate schools or the, and how do you guide? Do you just, uh, is, is, is there uh, some blueprint or something that you should follow? Yes, so, so, so we do, ha- we do have a, a blueprint, we do have our program and we have our know-how, so definitely approach, approach us, approach, uh, just write to us at, at, uh, at Games for Peace, contact us through, through the website. Um, and probably one of the things we would uh, have to do is figure out who are partners for um, for actually making this a reality would be. Mm-hmm. Uh, this could be governmental institutions or, uh, or uh, philanthropic institutions or educational institutions, but uh, we, would, we would love to think about this together because 